2007 was an exciting and memorable college lacrosse season. Delaware upset number two seeded and defending champion Virginia in the first round of the NCAA tournament. It was one of two first round upsets. UMBC also upset number seven seed Maryland. The Blue Hens and Retrievers would play each other in a quarterfinal battle between unseeded teams. Delaware would make it all the way to championship weekend, riding the backs of Curtis Dixon and maybe the first true face-off man in the sport, and certainly the one who changed the game at the dot, Alex Smith. In the national championship game, it was a Paul Rabel-led Johns Hopkins team that beat Duke in a 12-11 thriller. Jesse Schwartzman had 15 saves, including the game-saving stop in the dying seconds to help ensure victory for Johns Hopkins. His performance is one of those memorable title game performances that we talk about almost every year around championship weekend time. However, the 2007 season is also notable for something else. What is that, you may ask? Well, days for some teams, weeks for others, before the season started, some teams got news that they no longer had as many games on their schedule as they thought. One game was taken away, canceled. Why? Well, because Butler Lacrosse was no longer. Welcome to Chained Cages, a podcast series from Lacrosse Bucket exploring some of the varsity college lacrosse programs that are no longer with us. I am Tanner Dimwin, and I hope that y'all have enjoyed this series thus far as we look at some of the college lacrosse programs that have graced the landscape at the varsity level in the past. In this second episode, we head to the Heartland and look at one of the more recent programs to have left the Division I landscape, the Bulldogs of Butler University, which had a varsity program from 1993 until 2006, 13-year span, and was a founding member of one of the more unique and interesting conferences to have ever existed in the college lacrosse landscape, the Great Western Lacrosse League. Indianapolis, Indiana, the capital of the Hoosier State. 
the heart of basketball country and the home to the Butler University Bulldogs, a small Catholic school now residing in the Big East. Butler made a name for itself during the 2010 and 2011 college basketball seasons when then head coach Brad Stevens led them to consecutive NCAA college basketball title game appearances. However, it was three years before the university's rise in image on the back of its basketball program that Butler did something no one in the lacrosse world ever wants to see. It did away with its men's lacrosse program. And it did so after 13 seasons where things were up and down, but there was a lot to be proud of and a lot accomplished for the Bulldogs in those 13 years of its program's history. Turn about the clock to 1990 for a second. Notre Dame becomes the first team from the Midwest to make an appearance in the NCAA Division I men's tournament. Eight seasons later, Butler would become the third Midwestern team to do so in 1998. It is the best season in Butler men's lacrosse history. It's the high watermark of this story. But let's not start there. Let's go back to the beginnings, to that first season in 1993. And really, you have to go back to 1991 to get the beginnings of this first season and these first years. Because 1991 is when the university decides to add men's lacrosse as a Division I sport. In part because it would help bring more students from non-Midwestern states uh, to broaden their student pool, if you will. And you have to remember, in the early, especially early 90s, and even the late 90s, um, lacrosse was not booming as it did in the 2010s. And the you know structure around lacrosse, the development of, in lacrosse in the Midwest, and really west of the Appalachians overall, was still not very good. You had pockets for sure. You had programs like Notre Dame and Ohio State, absolutely. But it was nowhere near as developed as it is today. Much of that talent, which is still somewhat the case today, but less so, of that talent is out east at this time in the 1990s. Almost all of your talent is out east. You're not getting all Americans from Indiana or Ohio or Michigan like you are today, where these states are producing Division I players on a yearly basis. So that is the landscape that Butler is coming into in 1993. Now, John Hind was hired as the head coach in 1992, about a year after they announced the addition of men's lacrosse. 
that first season, like we've seen with many other programs, all he did was recruit. Or that first year, all he did was recruit in 1992. And he built a team of 32 players, 25 of which were freshmen who would take the field in 1993. Now, Butler would eventually become part of the Great Western Lacrosse League in 1994 when the league was founded, but that first year they played in what was known as the Great Midwestern Lacrosse League, along with Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan State, and Air Force during that first season. The Bulldogs went 8-7, eight, eight but had zero conference wins. Butler, however, despite their woes in conference play, had a lot to take away from that 93 season. A winning season in U1 um, is successful, and they even won their first game. They beat Canisius 14-8 for the program's first win in its first game, which is also very notable. They ended the year pretty strong. Wins over Radford, Lake Forest, Holy Cross, and Siena. And that first season would be one of many above 500 uh, during those early years. Butler would be uh, above 500 in each of those early years, with the exception of the uh, six and nine campaign there in 1995. Now, while Butler had had some success in the early part of its history, and do you want to mention, part of this is because with a lot of these Midwestern programs didn't have a ton of uh, teams to play around them, they would play often, you know, supplement their, their schedules with uh, Division Two, Division Three teams. And so you're beating some of those, and club teams to an extent as well. So you are beating and getting wins over some of those teams, um, but the talent is improving out uh, in the Midwest during this time. Now, where things really begin to go up for the Bulldogs is in 1996. That's when things really take off for this program. And really, if you want to trace back the roots of that successful 98 season, which was the high watermark of the program, you have to go back to 1996. During that 1996 season, riding on the back of the program's first ever USILA honorable mention selection and Great Western Lacrosse League Player of the Year, Craig Cahoon, the Bulldogs went 9-4 overall and 3-1 in the Great Western Lacrosse League. A four-game winning streak over Colgate, Rutgers, Delaware, and St. Joseph's during the middle of that season was the high point of 1996 for Butler. Up until that point, it was their best season in program history. The only league win or league team that they fell to was Notre Dame, who made the NCAA tournament that season. The next year, 1997, 
was even better. Butler records double-digit wins for the first time, going 10-4 and overall. They went 2-1 and in the Great Western Lacrosse League. Pete Johnson, Mike O'Rourke for USILA Honorable Mentions. Johnson was the GWLL Player of the Year. 96-97, they have 9 wins and 10 wins. In 1998, it all comes together for an even better season as Butler reached the top of the mountain for its story as a program. They went 11-4 and recorded wins over North Carolina, Denver, Ohio State, Colgate, and Air Force, as well as a win over Notre Dame. And until this point, the likes of Notre Dame and Ohio State to an extent as well was kind of the barometer in the Midwest of how good are you. And Butler to finally get that win over Notre Dame was monumental. They win the GWL that year. They make it to the NCAA tournament. They lose, unfortunately, though, 18-10 to to the eventual runner-up Maryland Terrapins. John Hind was named the 1998 National Coach of the Year. It, it is the best season that Butler had, and that three-year stretch from 96 to 98 truly is, you know, the high watermark of this program that it had at the varsity level, building up from those early years in 93, 94, 95, moving into 96, getting nine wins, 97, you get 10 wins, 98, you get 11 wins, and you make the NCAA tournament for the first and only time in program history. However, as I mentioned, that 1998 season would be the high watermark of the program overall, and things started to go downhill after that. John Hind stepped down as the head coach in 1999 to take a uh, another position at the university, and former player, star player, Craig Cahoon took over as head coach in 2000, that 2000 season, saw the Bulldogs go a measly 4-10. and 10. Cahoon continued to lead his alma mater through the 2003 season when he would leave the program. Former Princeton assistant and Loyola head coach Stan Ross took over in 2004 and would be the program's third and final head coach. Overall, in the years after John Hind stepped down, 2000 to 2006, Butler went 34 and 59. And Compared to its in-state rival, Notre Dame, it was night and day. Butler never beat Notre Dame after 1999, 
And in 2004, suffered what appears to be the worst loss to them, arguably its worst loss in program history, a 22-6 defeat against the Fighting Irish. Butler Lacrosse simply struggled in those years after John Hind left and, and after what was a uh, pretty successful stint there in the late 90s. Exactly what led to the downfall in competitiveness, what led to the losing. Is it marked up to one coach? I, I don't know. I don't think that would be fair. Um, but it certainly you know, never captured the glory that it had in the late 90s, but Lacrosse did not. It all came to a close on January 26th, 2007, or I should say began to close on January 26th, 2007, when the university announced that the program would be terminated effective June 1st. However, June 1st would not be the final day of men's lacrosse at Butler as the Bulldogs decided to not even play what would have been a lame duck season there in 2007, canceling the season 17 days before their opener against UMBC. Why did Butler Lacrosse die? Well, like many things, there is more than one answer to that question, obviously. Firstly, we can say it wasn't Title IX related, as University President Bobby Fong is quoted as saying that directly. Certainly, its lack of competitiveness in those later years gave the school a reason to axe the program for competitive reasons. However, another significant factor often cited by the university was travel, and that plays into expenses uh, as well. When Butler announced the addition of lacrosse in 1993, as we had you know, mentioned earlier, they really were kind of betting on growth in the Midwest. And while in 2023, 30 years later, we have Marquette, Cleveland State, Michigan, and Detroit Mercy, they were just added in the past decade or so. At the time when Butler dropped their program, it was still just them, Ohio State, and Notre Dame in the Midwest at the Division I level. Michigan State had dropped their program in 1997. So instead of growth, you saw, you know, retraction. Uh, You saw subtraction. The closest team outside of the Midwest when Butler dropped its program was Robert Morris in western Pennsylvania outside Pittsburgh. And they were a new program at the time. In the south, you would have Bellarmine, in Louisville, Kentucky, add in 2010, just a couple of years later, and that would have been even closer to Butler than RMU. The game has grown in the West, 
and Midwest and has done so at the Division I level since Butler dropped its program. You have to wonder what could have been if they would have waited just a few years until we got that growth boom in the 2010s. And that growth came both at the college and high school levels, the latter of which has grown the recruiting base in the Midwest and west of the Appalachians in general. With Butler now in the Big East, what could have been? Could we have seen them shoot back up and become a Midwest power, much like what we saw with Marquette in their early years? Similar to what their basketball program has become, maybe? Their Butler basketball program? Truth is, we will never know. While Butler hasn't had a Division I program since 2006, its legacy lived on in some respects for years after and still does to this day in some respects. Jeremy Sievers was a second-team All-GWLL selection as a freshman in 2006 for Butler, and after the program was dropped, he transferred back home to Maryland, where he asserted himself as one of the best midfielders in the ACC and the nation. He went on to have a strong pro career as well in both the MLL and the early uh, years of the PLL. Mike Regan is probably the most well-known uh, name other than Sieverts that played for Butler. He was a third-team USILA All-American in 2000 and an honorable mention in 1999. He went on to have a lengthy pro career in both the MLL and the NLL, uh, becoming known as one of the best shooters in the game. Stan Ross, the last coach of Butler, is the current head coach at Oxbridge Academy, one of the better high school programs in the Sunshine State. A local connection for myself and any Kentucky folks listening, Mike Anderson played for Butler from 2004 to 2007 was a defenseman, was a senior when the program was cut short there in January of 07. He was the first Kentucky high school All-American coming out of Trinity High School and would transfer to Denver where he played for the Pioneers and helped pave the way for a lot of Division I players out of the Bluegrass State, including Chase Carrero out of St. Xavier High School, who would end up at Denver just a couple of years later and would be an integral part of Denver's rise there in the early 2010s at the faceoff dot. I think a good way to put a bow on this is to say Butler was right. However, 
they may have been too early, both in betting on and bailing on the growth of the game in the Midwest and West overall. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Chain the Cages. As we dove into a little bit of the history that surrounds the Butler Lacrosse program during its Division I years from 1993 to 2006. I hope you all enjoyed it and continue to enjoy the episodes that will follow as the summer goes along. And like I said in the first episode, we will have you know, about five episodes dropping this summer all looking at now-defunct Division I lacrosse programs, former varsity programs. Again, thanks for listening, and remember to like, share, and subscribe where you can. All those ways help us grow the show. You can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at lacrossebucket, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.